0: and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back and that's a guarantee. So call the student loan hotline right now. 800-949-8707 800-949-8707 800-949-8707
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast. It's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. E-yo. For over thirty years, and still, and still, your inside look
2: into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights one hundred thirty-five
1: pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard live around the world and brought to you by the World Boxing Organization. And now, and now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in. San Francisco, here's the host of the longest-running fight show in history, Pedro Fernandez. Check it, folks. I
3: am nine days away from Cuba. Straight up going to Cuba. Of course, the World Boxing Organization, the 30th Annual Congress, is leaving on a cruise ship. Uh, The 30th? That's right, Monday the 30th. Of course, out of lovely Miami Beach. Is it still lovely after all these storms? I just don't know. But obviously, Puerto Rico is still ravaged. And my friends in Puerto Rico, they live in San Juan. The ones that have a lot of money, the ones that are rich, okay, they're not complaining too much. They've got generators and that kind of stuff, you know, supporting their mansions. But my friends that work for a living... They don't have any power in their homes. They don't have fresh water. They have to walk miles. One lady's in her 70s. She's got a mother in her late 80s. This is sad, folks. These are Americans over there. And the reason why I opened up the show like this is that this show is heard on the American Forces Network and all around the world on various platforms. SB Nation, Sports, 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 Byline Sports. You, You need to know that these people are American citizens, are American citizens, and they are dying for naught in Puerto Rico. This is not righteous. This is not fair. I'm going to end this rant with this. The Red Cross, I guess they do their thing to a certain extent, but I need you to call your congressman. You need to get off your butt, folks. You need to call Congress once in a while. Get out that 202 area code, call them up, let them have it know. Let them know. Even if you leave them a voicemail, let them know. Please, let them know. Enough of that. You are tuned to Sports By Line, of course, SB Nation Sports. I'm talking boxing and Mixed martial arts, but that Puerto Rican thing, we had to go with that first. If it was Texas, I'd be going with that, okay? But Texas was was well taken care of after the hurricane. Straight up, people dying in Puerto Rico, as I speak, and they are Americans. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. On a bright note, open phone lines around the planet, 1-800-878-PLAY. That's 1-800-878-7529. The guilt-free text line, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. On the other side of the break... The Hall of Famer, Larry Merchant.
5: 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
1: The darkest of night with the moon shining bright. There's a set going strong, a lot of things going on. The man of the hour has an air of great power. The dudes have ended him for so long. Oh,
3: the super clap. My next guest is the super fly of everybody when it comes to the boxing business, folks. He is the iconic one, the Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Larry Merchant. A very good morning to you, sir.
2: And good morning to you, Pedro.
3: And, you know, I've never been... At the, you and I have been doing radio a long, long time, and I really have been speechless. I don't know where to start as far as what's going on with the country is concerned. So let's take a look at boxing. I think there's a fight on... No, how about the fact that Luis Ortiz, our guy, the guy that we thought was a little bit special... Turns up dirty on these on these these performance enhancing drugs. He's trying to say it's high
2: blood pressure. Have you followed that that little uh, skit a little uh, at all? Yes, yes, I have, and that's the second time uh, he's been nailed. And like you and others, I thought this guy had a chance to really be special, a, a, a super heavyweight who really knew how to fight on the inside and was very strong and was uh, being avoided by everybody uh, up until the time that Wilder agreed to fight him, which for us was a big deal. But if a guy can't maintain himself as a challenger, how could he do it as a champion? If, if, If he doesn't know what it takes to play the game and he wants to be a champion, I'm sorry, he's blown it. And um, that's why there are so few serious champions, because somewhere in the way, along the way, their vulnerabilities become exposed. Their vulnerabilities may be in or out of the ring. And in this case, it's out of the ring. Shame on him. Let's move on. Uh, Just for a
3: second, though. Unbeaten. Looking good, as you, you and I said, that ability to fight on the inside, just, it was so exciting, I and mean, it just was for a heavyweight. Oh, my God. I mean, the ability to throw those uppercuts, those hooks. Now, what he's claiming, and I've heard other uh, af- athletes pull stuff like this. Women have claimed that they were taking this certain performance enhancing drug, and they were able to get out of it later by saying that they had uh, 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 an estrogen issue or something like I mean, there's all kinds of little fine lines. So what they're trying to walk, the fine line that the Ortiz camp is trying to walk is that the side effects or one of the uses for this drug that he tested positive for is high blood pressure. So he's trying to say that he was at the at the uh, emergency room in, in in Florida several times for high blood pressure. are trying to build a medical record on that. So they're going to try to build their excuses off of that. Regardless, it's the second time He's in a position to fight for the title. He blows it when he's in his most how can I put this advantageous position.
2: Screw him. You know there's, there's an old song lyric um, from the musical Chicago in in, um, in which the uh the person who is charged with murder claims, I didn't know the gun was loaded. <laughs> and, and, and when we have had fighters who have been found to have uh, their gloves loaded, I use that to say, well, he didn't know his gloves were loaded. I'm sorry. This is a guy in his late in his mid-30s. Uh, he's supposed to know what's going on. They're supposed to fill out the forms properly, which in this case they didn't. They try to get away with something. Shame on them. Good night. Is this a
3: um, uh, an indictment of of heavyweight boxing to an extent? Because I think this is like the third time in a year and a half or two years that a, that a potential opponent for Mr. Wilder, of course the uh, champion out of Mobile, Alabama, 2008 Olympic bronze medalist. That's right, Mobile, Alabama, folks, a new boxing mecca in the world. Um, but, th- I mean, Povetkin tested, I think, positive twice in two different fights. I mean, this guy sort of
2: jinxed. Uh, I don't know if it's jinxed. Uh, I don't know if it's um, they need to feel um, that they have outside support. Why would I be shocked? Uh, that a Russian heavyweight, <laughs> or a Russian athlete of any kind, was found to have used uh, performance-enhancing drugs.
3: Larry, do you remember? Uh, you and I remember the uh, the days of, uh, uh, of Vasily, I can't think of the great weight weightlifter out of um, out of the USSR. But the women in that era, the women, the female weightlifters, the female athletes, they were so obviously needing a shave by five o'clock.
2: The steroids were pretty obvious. There were there were a number of indications, but the the the, the drug uh, routine was not really uh, followed. And as we've learned, um, they had a system in place to full drug tests changing urine specimens and all the like. It's been revealed. It's been outed. So there's no question that that was part of the culture. It's conceivable that many of the athletes who were taken at young ages and put into uh, youth programs and schools where they could major in shot putting um, may have had these uh, uh, drugs um, um, implanted in them without their knowledge that that is conceivable, but not in the modern era. Now we know about it uh, and while obviously there are some athletes who think that the risk is worth the reward if they are not caught, um, those who are being caught and they are being caught um are finding that uh, the risk-reward ratio is not so good.
3: The Guilfrey Text Line has got a question for Larry Merchant. Did Andre Ward punk out Sergey Kovalev in the second fight? I don't know what that means, exactly, punk him out. What is, I don't know exactly what Greg um, means I by that. I
2: guess it means did he did he fake him out? Did he hit him low? I don't know. I thought there was a bit of a quick stoppage uh, given the history of the of both fighters. You give them the benefit of the doubt in that situation, in my view. But uh, I, I, I give Ward credit for the second fight uh, and, and 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 how he took care of business. Um, you know, and you give him high marks and and move on. Ward's been in a lot of good fights, a lot or a lot of tough against a lot of tough opponents, and. Uh, um, He usually uh, comes out on top, although most of us thought that wasn't the case in the first fight with Kovalev. You know,
3: I'm glad you brought up Ward, 2004 Olympic gold medalist. I mean, I was tight with him. I was the only guy that that everybody said I was shilling when I said he was going to win the gold medal, especially when he was moving up 15 pounds. Regardless, he won the gold. He is the, and then he won the Super 8 Showtime thing. So, I mean, he's really accomplished a lot. There's no doubt about it, but... He's 2004. This is 2017, apro- approaching 2018. He thought he'd be out of the game by 2012. Obviously, that didn't happen. Ray Leonard told me time and time and time again, when we were running together, when he was undefeated and things like that, uh, take that back, after he lost the one fight to Leonard, to Duran, and, and had that one loss and came back to two different comebacks. Ray, I'm, I'm not going to get embarrassed. I'm not going to go out here and get embarrassed. I'm not going to lose going out here in the end. Ward has essentially said the same thing. Outside of Marciano, does anybody really do? Does anybody really walk away?
2: Well, there have been a few uh, people who have walked who have walked away. For example, uh, Marvin Hagler walked away when there was uh, an eight-figure guarantee for a rematch with Leonard. Uh, Lennox Lewis walked away when there was yes, big right. money to be made in a rematch with of a very exciting heavyweight championship fight with Vitaly Klitschko. So a few fighters have been able to walk away. Most of them can't. I will tell you a story. After George Foreman, at the scene in Caracas, when George Foreman was fighting Ken Norton, and everyone knew that if Foreman won the fight, he would then fight Ali. Well, Ali was down there. And one afternoon at lunch, I was reading a newspaper, doing whatever I was doing. Ali sat down next to me and said, do you think I'll be able to retire? What he was saying was he knew the danger of a fight with with Foreman. Could he just walk away? He didn't know. He was honest enough to know that he didn't know. And I think a lot of fighters who say they want to retire really don't know what that means when the time comes because very few of them have put away enough money for retirement in their 30s. How many people have? And very few of them have other lives to lead, know that they have some other interest in life, that they can pursue Ali didn't know, and he admitted it, and later we found out that he couldn't stay away. He loved the action he wanted to be on stage, maybe he needed the money. we don't know
3: Caracas, Venezuela, of course, that was when Ali and Cosell were on that plane, leaving the caracas uh was yeah leaving Caracas and the the airport is like got an island allen sort of strip at the end there. They're flying down the runway, and the pilot at the last minute decides, Larry, to hit the brakes. And it was the most violent. The plane skidded sideways, all that kind of good stuff. Anyway, the plane ended up uh, right to left instead of going straight ahead. That's when it, and it was like uh, 30 feet away from the edge of the cliff. Anyway, so Ali jumps up and tells Cosell, I saved your ass again, Howard. <laughs> That's the first thing he said when that happened. But that, yeah, that set up, that set up the foreman fight, no doubt about it. Uh, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. The man on the other line is the Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Larry Merchant. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live from the city by the Bay, San Francisco, California, SB Nation, and Sports Byline Sports. Got, some, got a couple texts from the Godfather afterwards. If you'd like to put one in the queue, it's 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Thank you, Pedro. You going to run tomorrow? Are we run? You going to run tomorrow morning? Yeah, <laughs> 530. Sunday I'm leaving tomorrow at 10. I'll run with you tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, babe.
2: Right, okay. Everywhere,
4: as she told me, it can, can break your, heart, can break your heart, out. heart and put you in put misery. misery.
2: Since I met this little woman, I feel it's happened to me. And I'm telling you, it's too late to turn back now.
1: Call now for your free face-to-face consultation, 800-813-9940, 800-813-9940, 800-813-9940. My joints used to kill me. I'd wake up
0: with stiff knees and a stiff back, and it wouldn't get much better throughout the day. I went to doctors and took almost every supplement you can think of, and nothing seemed to help. Then I found something called oil can joint lubricant. Twenty
3: seven and a half minutes past the hour. We are blessed with the presence of the retired HBO Godfather himself, Mr. Larry Merchant. And Larry, some uh, text coming in here. Take it back. Yeah. Text coming in here from Phoenix, Arizona, from Jose says the fighter of the 90s, he thinks, was overlooked is Julian Jackson. I'm looking at his record here. He, he did knock out a lot of people. It was exciting. Of course, knocked out Terry Norris as well. Fifty five and six, forty nine KOs. People don't talk about him. Uh, was he underrated? Did he go under the radar? Does he deserve more praise? Talk to me.
2: Um, I don't know. He's widely recognized as a really good puncher. But um, there were so many good fighters in the 90s.
6: Mm-hmm. When you look
2: back and think about it, early in the 90s of the last great era of um, of American heavyweight and and, and Roy Jones and, and Oscar De La Hoya, and and all of the fighters who, who or many of the fighters who fought them, and and then the era of the featherweights that came in with uh, Kevin Kelly and 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 uh, Nassim Ahmed Nassim and, yeah. and uh, Morales and Barrera. So um, look, a, every fighter has his opportunity to make an impression on. And viewers. Um, for whatever reason there were other fighters who made bigger impressions. And there were some really uh, sensational fighters in the nineties.
3: Fifty five and six. The all six losses were uh VAKO of course the biggest puncher in, in that era as far as junior middleweight is concerned, knocked out Terry Norris and starched Terry Norris. Starch Terry Norris. Second question here sort of uh, goes along with, with something I had I had in mind. Um how can I put this? i want to put this eloquently. Hagler, Hagler did, made a lot of concessions to fight Leonard. I mean, as far as financial concessions, like the size of the ring and the gloves and, and the fact that it went 12 rounds instead of 15 rounds and this and that. And I guess what Philip is trying to say is here is what I've been trying to say for a long time or asking the question,
2: did he just sell his soul that night? Um, look, it, that was a, an example of the champion being the B-side of the negotiation and the build-up. Hagler was a champion, a hell of a good champion, widely recognized, but he wasn't the superstar that Sugar Ray Leonard was. So to make the fight, Hagler had to make some concessions. We saw the same kind of thing happened recently with Canelo and Golovkin um Canelo was the star he puts more asses in seats than anybody else around uh and Golovkin had to go along with a number of concessions and that's the nature of of negotiations okay Who has an edge in what? And how can they impose it? Um, But I think, although at the time I thought that Hagler did enough to keep his title, uh, the fact of the matter was uh, he came out uh, trying to outbox the boxer in the first few rounds, if you recall. It was was crazy. It was absolutely bizarre. uh, Instead of trying to impose his size... And, and Will, uh, on Leonard, the way he, he did on Hearns, he wanted to show, and always had a thing about this, incidentally, that show that he could outbox Sugar Ray Leonard. As a consequence, he lost several a number of the early rounds <laughs> where he was not seriously competitive, where he was not imposing himself on Leonard. Uh, trying to beat him down for the later rounds, trying to win some of those rounds. That's how he lost the fight. Okay. Um, not by whatever concessions were made. And incidentally, as I mentioned before, uh, he had an opportunity to write what he considered a wrong um, by having a rematch. And he made $19 million in 1980s dollars and said, that's it. And never put the gloves
3: on again. Good point. You know, I, I, I go back to May of 1989. Ray and I are laying around um, after running in Paul, West Palm Beach, Fort Laf- West Palm Beach down there in Florida. And um, we're on a golf course. And I remember swatting flies away this and that and talking to him. I said, I said you know, talking about the Hagler fight this and that, I said, what made you come back and fight Hagler? Why would you wait so long? He goes, well, he goes, when I saw what Duran did to him. He goes, when I saw Duran was pot-shotting him with that right hand, and I fought, saw that Duran was almost beating him in, 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 in over 12 rounds, I said to myself, you know, I've got a chance here. I said, so why did you wait three year, three rounds? He said, Pedro, in real estate, location is everything. In boxing, timing is everything.
2: Well, I think that was part of it. We all recall that he had an eye injury that kept him out of boxing, um, with one exception, for five years. Um But I don't question the fact that timing uh, is everything. You also recall that he had a really, really hard fight against um, the African fighter. John Mugabe. Mugabe. I mean, it was a great fight. Mugabe was a really strong, determined guy. And Hagrid just stood up to him, and it was a killer fight. So it may have been that you know, over time that, that uh uh Hadbury had uh was not as as uh was wearing out was wearing out a little bit. Um and the timing was right, but um you couldn't have convinced a lot of people of that just before the fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um where a lot of people thought the timing was all wrong.
3: I, I remember on that on that card was Mugabe and uh Mugabe and Hagler, it was a war. I was sitting in that fourth row. It was just brutal, folks. I mean, just brutal. You want to look at brutality, look that up on YouTube. But Tommy Hearns iced the late James Shuler in like one round for the NABF middleweight title. And, of course, Shuler would die like 48 hours later in a a motorcycle wreck.
2: I don't recall
3: that. You know, sometimes my memory works a little bit. Sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) We remember
2: different things. Exactly. So how's the godmother doing? Is she doing okay, Godfather? Well, she's been struggling with some issues lately, but uh, it too shall pass. Okay. Um,
3: light boxing weekend. I was looking at it, and of course, there's a fight card on Showtime. Real quick, got a couple of minutes, Lara, the Arisandi Lara, the Cuban, of course, uh, national, taking on Terrell Gasha. I don't know much about Terrell Gasha, but Jamel Charlo's on the card. It looks like the uh, ploy is to match these two guys. As far as Al Heyman's concerned, is this a card worth fight worth watching tonight? Jamal Charlo and Erics, and Lubin?
2: Um, I think that's considered by a lot of serious boxing people as the a real um, main event of the show. Um, and it's interesting that Charlo and his uh, brother, who's already moved up to middleweight, mm-hmm. both are now talking about, well, they want to uh, fight uh, Canelo. They want to fight Golovkin uh, when they're termed. Time comes because the junior middleweight division uh, has had a uh, has a number of very good fighters, but none of them are box office attractions, stars, etc. And hey, um, moving up from fifty four to sixty is not, or you know, shouldn't be, that big of a deal. Yee,
3: Larry, I moved eight up eight pounds and I got spanked. Anyway, I
2: love you, Godfather. Say hello to the Godmother. We'll talk soon. Uh, all right, um, I, I hope that uh, you've uh, overcome that spanking.
3: <laughs> Larry Merchant on Sports Byline and SB Nation Sports.
5: Prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. 754 4531 That's 800-754-4531. It has been said that everyone has a book in them.
1: off right there rocked him okay. sent to go fight
6: dome and guida like oh head
0: kick Guida's base is relentless
2: 45 again so. with the hit kick and the takedown Maynard and edgar putting on a show. outstanding wow amazing that Frankie Edgar was able to recover on that at all and he's got
6: manage
1: now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez.
2: Heaven help us.
3: That's my good friend, the great Jeff Tamalier, of course, on the guitar there, the Tower of Power. He was with Starship back in the day. Remember that song? I built this city on rock and roll. Yeah, that was that was Jeff back there playing the guitar, that hard guitar. Jeff was a bad, bad pound for pound dude. Living in Pleasant Hill, California, straight up. Jeff, of course, a friend of the late Rick Stevens. Rick passed a few weeks ago. Of course, the former Tower Power lead singer, former leader of Brass Horizons, before he went to the Betty Ford Clinic for 35 turns of the calendar. When he got out in 2012, 2013, Rick was a changed man. Of course, he was on this show. We had interviews with him, and people are still freaking out that that he passed as quickly as he did. Cancer, can, cancer, cancer doesn't wait for anybody, especially when you're set in your 70s. Okay, cancer just takes over. Cancer. Kicks that not snot out at most people, especially later in life. Uh, You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This is not the the oncology show. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. You're inside looking to the world of boxing and MMA. Of course, we air each and every Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time, live right here on Sports byline and SB Nation Sports. Of course, straight up, I got to tell you this, Ring Talk has a Sunday edition as well. If you're listening on Saturday, we air Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, same time. Two hours of Rink Talk Live worldwide, an hour of boxing, and an hour of mixed martial arts. And once in a while, I try to sneak in a little pro wrestling because I'm a bit of a pro wrestling fan. And when I say pro wrestling, I don't mean the WWE. I'm an anti-WWE guy. See, that's sports entertainment. I'm not into that. I like pro wrestling when there's storylines and guys are like dirty and they do things that are R-rated and that kind of stuff. You can't do PG-rated stuff and try to sell professional try to sell wrestling in a PG manner. And that's why it's sports entertainment. It's not professional wrestling. You want to see professional wrestling? Watch Impact Wrestling. Watch ROHWrestling.com. Uh, watch What a Culture Wrestling from across the pond. In, in the UK, I mean, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling. But straight up, I'm pretty hot right now on Impact Wrestling. It airs on Pop TV, I believe, on Thursday nights. Anyway, Back to the USC. Let's talk MMA just for a minute. Of course, last week, USC 2, what is it, 216 now? Yeah, I think 216 is is in the bank, of course, in the main event for the interim lightweight championship. And this is a bunch of hokey because we played this tape in the past. Of course, Conor McGregor, you can take all the tape, though. You can, like, give guys belts, but it doesn't mean anything. Conor McGregor is a lightweight champion until he gets licked or until he gets beat, or until he retires, or until he gives it up, or if he doesn't fight for a year, guess what? Then then you strip him of the title. If he doesn't fight for a year, you strip him of the title. But he fought Mayweather, and it made the USC a whole lot of money. It wasn't like the UFC was a silent partner there. Those people made a whole lot of money as well. Okay, so I don't think they should be pushing uh, Mr. Conor McGregor back into the octagon anytime soon, at least by force. So Tony Ferguson is now the interim lightweight champion. Am I impressed? Yeah, I don't know. He beat Kevin Lee. I mean, got him to submit a triangle choke in the third round. I'm just, I'm just not impressed with anybody at 155 outside of Conor McGregor. Come on, man. The guy's the guy. Anyway, Demetrius Johnson, one of the longest-reigning champions in history. Of course, the flyweight title holder, 125 pounds in the UFC, defeated Ray Borg. Of course, Ray Borg came to fight, no doubt about it. Ray. Ray can go, but Ray's not the guy at 125 that's going to beat Demetrius Johnson. We'll talk about that in just a second. He, the winner of Demetrius Johnson, of course, defending, defending and retaining now. He was a submission armbar winner and came in the fifth round three minutes and 15 seconds in. Former heavyweight champion for beast. Purdue was a winner over Walt Harrison. No, Walt Harris is not the guy that used to call pro wrestling in Northern California, pro wrestling and roller derby all around the world. Uh, here from the city by the bay. No, that's that Walt Harris is in his 80s, but he's still alive and rocking and got a great voice, man. He was an intimidating dude. He intimidated some of those old wrestlers because he was so big. And pro wrestling, it wasn't all about muscles back then. You know, there were some guys that looked like your uncle. Anyway, uh, a couple other fights on the card that really don't stand out for me. But I'm telling tell you, this USC 216 card, if you bought it, you're a sucker. Sorry, I just got to be real with you. I mean, I'm real with you each and every week. But, you know, if you paid 55 60 or 70 bucks if you paid for that card, you got took. You just got took. I mean, next up, of course, Cowboy Donald Cerrone going to roll October the 21st. And that's going to be a pretty decent card because anytime. Cerrone's uh, involved. That's cool. And that's going to be on, on uh, Fox Sports 1. Then they go to USC Fight Night. Luido Machida coming back against Derek Brunson. That's going to be, of course, a uh, fight on Fox Sports 1 coming from Sao Paulo, Brazil. But Bisping and St. Pierre, USC 217 is the only payday of the year for the USC. I mean, look at the rest of the fight cards. I mean, come on, man. It makes you sort of like want to yawn. You shouldn't want to yawn, you should, you, but you're yawning. I mean, <gasps> I need lots of Viagra. And I don't mean sexually. I mean pay-per-view Viagra. If you're going to want me to cover this stuff and buy it on pay-per-view, you're going to have to pump me up like with, what does it take, 1,000 milligrams? I don't know. I don't know if you can give me enough Viagra for this. Michael Bisping and George St. Pierre, the big card, USC 217, of course, emanating from the mecca of boxing. I talked about that earlier as Mobile, Alabama, joking. Anyway, of course, Madison Square Garden, November the 4th. On top of the main event, the comeback, the former welterweight champion, the former iconic fighter, uh, the man that was the man that carried the entire business, the industry, on, those, on his shoulders for so long. I don't know why. Didn't entertain me. And When he was kicking ass, this didn't do a whole lot for me. George St. Pierre. Sorry. Hope that Michael Bisping ragdolls him. Like Frankie Valor says in that song, you know, ragdoll, ragdoll. Yeah, I hope he ragdolls him. In fact, most people think are of the opinion, most insiders, think that he will get ragdolled, talking about George St. Pierre. He has no respect for Michael Bisping. The fact that Bisping is a bigger, bigger, stronger guy, whether or not you like Bisping, whether or not you think he has, uh, neg- he has some drawbacks that can make him susceptible to a good wrestler, and of course, and George St. Pierre is a good wrestler who had out-wrestled Bisping earlier on, but that was five, six, seven, eight years ago. You can't look at something you did seven, eight years ago and think you can du- duplicate it now. You just can't, especially against a bigger guy. You can't. I mean, everybody, every fighter that's that's fought for longer than five, six, seven years has worked with somebody at one point in time and then gone back and worked with them later in their career and realized, whoa, things are different. Yeah, you know what's different? The guy didn't get that much better is that you've regressed. Father time, it waits for no one. It just waits for no one, I tell you what. But Joy St-Pierre doesn't think that he'll say that, you know, the Joy St-Pierre of 2017— is a better Joyce George, George Saint Pierre than the one that retired three years ago, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Come on, man. That ain't gonna happen. And not and he's one of these clean guys. So I didn't. I would this is one guy that I would ne, would think would never, ever take performance enhancing drugs, aka Flintstone vitamins. I would never picture George Saint Pierre taking uh, Flintstone vitamins. Not his thing. I really don't. But then you never know. No, I really don't. I, I would I wouldn't bet my life on it, wouldn't bet my life in any fighter, but I would say that It's a good safe bet that George St. Pierre never has taken anything. Michael Bisping, just a natural, thuggy type of guy. I mean, as I said, not the greatest wrestler in the world, but he knocked out Luke Rockhold. He can punch. He can knock people out. And when he grabs you, you know, like I talked with Larry Merchner a little bit earlier about me getting spanked when I moved from junior welterweight to welterweight. I mean, I was beating the good guys. The good guys I was beating. The real good guys, no, at welterweight I'm talking about. Junior welterweight, I was smoking everybody out, ran through like three, three years straight with the Golden Glove Championship and was you know, drilling people, won three titles in a row, and went to the nationals, and then I went had some weight issues. And I thought to myself, well, you know, I don't want to make 139 no more. It's too much trouble. So I just moved up to 147, because I'm beating up the 147 pounders in the gym. Okay. So then I went on a run where I beat up some decent 147 140, 100, decent welterweights. I said to myself, yeah, welterweight is for me, but I really couldn't make welterweight. What I mean was the best shape I can get in, I was still walking around come fight time at 140, 141 pounds. It was just those last two pounds that were in in MF per se in order to make, to get junior welterweight. So I was a small welterweight. Fought Ernie Chavez and National Golden Gloves, the regionals uh, back in 1984, and he spanked me. In fact, if Ernie's out there right now, Thank goodness for you, young man. The Statue of Limitations has retired, or you have been arrested for domestic violence that night. He beat up on me so bad. I'm not really. Just two punches. Two shots. Both of them dropped me. First round, second round. When I got up the second time, looked across the ring, saw four or five guys, said to myself, No, Moss. Right. I mean, come on, man. You can't fight five different guys, and you don't know which referee's talking to you, the one in the middle, the one on the right, or the one on the left. So when you see a multiple people in the ring, it's probably time to stop fighting. Back to UFC 217, the co-feature, one of the baddest dudes in the world of mixed martial arts. Of course, I'm talking about the world Bantamweight champion, 135 pounds out of Sacramento, I believe, Cody Garbrandt. Undefeated, baby. Undefeated. Hasn't tasted defeat. That's significant. An undefeated champion. Taking on T.J. Dillashaw, the former champion. Of course, he rose to fame when he beat Renan Borel, the longtime Brazilian champion, but then Braille sort of failed and faded and went away, and he's trying to come back as an old man, trying to fight at one forty-five, one thirty-five. Doesn't know what he's going to do. Talk about a punch drunk guy. That's the guy that might be punch drunk right now, Renan Braille, in the world of mixed martial arts. So just watch, watch him in his next couple of uh, uh, interviews. If you see him on YouTube or something like that, Joanna J is going to fight. Of course, I don't. I got a problem with Joanna's uh, name. Uh, Cuddy can do it, but I can't do it. The world, the woman strawweight champion. She's going to be taking on Rose Nahum- Nahumanaus. Rose can fight, but. Rose is not in Joanna Jay's league. Joanna Jay is probably in a league all of her own. Stephen Thompson, the very exciting welterweight, taking on Jorge Masvidal. Masvidal always comes to a fight, but I've got to give the edge here to Stephen Thompson. And Johnny Hendrick, the former welterweight champion, take that, yeah, he was. And, of course, he, for a minute, uh, had, I thought he might have beat George St. Pierre in that fight. Of course, that caused St. Pierre to retire for, for three years. Anyway, um, he's taking on Paulo. Boricino, who I know nothing of Boricino, who I know nothing about. So we'll talk about it in depth as the fight card approaches. The rest of the fight card, of course, is on Fox Sports 1 and Fight Pass, things like that. But straight up, this looks like a fight card that I want to invest money in. I don't know if 70 bucks is worth it. I can't put a dollar amount next to it, except for the fact that I would pay 70 bucks to go see these fight cards, these, this fight in person. So if you're willing to pay 70 bucks to go see it in person, it's worth buying on pay-per-view. Does that make sense? That's Pedro's pay-per-view rule. In other words, if a fight is willing, if a fight is good enough that you're willing to pay $70 to go to an arena and watch it, okay? If it's worth $70 in an arena, it's worth $70 in your own arena or at home. Or you can go to places like Ricky Sports Theater in San Leandro, California. It's right, com, commonly spelled R I C K Y S dot com, Ricky's dot com, of course, the sports theater. Call it what you want. It's like a museum, folks, of sports memorabilia. Of course, Ricky Ricardo and not the guy in the in the old Lucy show, the real Ricky Ricardo, but he runs a place over there, him and his wife Tina. They've been doing this for years, was voted number one as far as uh, sports books, as uh, sports bars were concerned, in the entire country by Sports Illustrated magazine. But that's where I watch most of my UFC fights on the big screen over at, U- at, at Ricky Sports Theater on Experian Boulevard in San Landry, California. So if you're in the Bay Area and you want to see the UFC or you want to see any of the major MMA events or you want to see any damn sporting event on the world, go to Rickys.com That's right, com. You are tuned to Rink Talk Live Worldwide, you're inside looking the world of boxing and MMA, Live on SB Nation and Sports Byline Radio.
6: 1570. Now more of Ring Talk
1: with Pedro Fernandez.
3: What are they talking about here, Ragdoll? Yeah, Ragdoll. George St. Pierre, November 4th, MSG, live on pay-per-view, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 o'clock in the West, folks. Only on pay-per-view. It's worth buying, I think, because it's the end of a... It's the, end of, it's the end of a comeback that probably shouldn't occur. I mean, you know, Muhammad Ali came back in 1980. I wish him the very best of luck. But he was fighting a young Larry Holmes. When I watched films of Larry Holmes and, and Muhammad Ali training together six years prior, take it back five years prior, I said to myself, good God, Ali's got five years older and Larry's got five years younger. I mean, essentially, Larry was entering his prime about 29, 30 years old, and Muhammad Ali was... 38 years old, okay, old and faded. Of course, Ali didn't win but a minute in the entire 10 rounds before it being stopped before the 11th round. What I'm trying to tell you is the old champion came back and got hurt in the process. Michael Bisping will hurt Joy St. Pierre. I think there's no way to avoid it. Of course, Cora Brandt and Dillashaw, worth watching as well. As far as the future UFC schedule is concerned, there's nothing to get up about. You don't even have to take Viagra because unless you're a freak, folks, a lot of these cars just aren't going to mean a whole lot to you unfortunately, I think you need to turn your attention to Bellator MMA. Why am I trying to say that? They've got some exciting fighters over there. Scott Cooker's trying to put together a decent program. I do enjoy it, the fight cards. Of course, I wish that some of their fights were five rounds as far as the television main events were concerned, but they've only got two hours of programming on Spike TV, and they aren't doing, they're doing about 26. I think he told me he wanted to do 26 to 30 shows a year, and he'd be happy with that. That's a show not not quite, you know, Not quite every week or every two weeks, but straight up every 10 days. And you got to give him props. I dig Bellator. Most of the Bellator fights have been exciting. Now, don't forget, I air Ring Talk live worldwide Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. And, of course, Johnny Tucker returns to his throne tonight. Of course, his throne high atop the Sports Byline, of course, SB Nation uh, Network here, of course, live Saturday nights, 10 p.m. Pacific time. That's Sunday morning at 1 a.m. Eastern time for two hours of some raucous, raucous radio, no doubt about that. So you can hope you can join us on that. Until next time, don't forget, Ring Talk Live Worldwide here Saturdays and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Real quick here, a text from Motown, Detroit. Yeah, we got a station in Detroit. Guy says, "What do I, th- you know what I think of Anthony Joshua. Best heavyweight in the world right now, bar none, especially with the forced retirement. He should retire of steroid king, steroid cheat. I'm talking about Luis Ortiz. You've been listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. My listeners here in the United States, I want to thank you as well as listening abroad on various Internet platforms. My executive producer is my main man, Scott Cuddy. I want to thank Floppy. She's in the studio as well. Until next time, don't forget, folks, this is Sports Byline and SB Nation Radio.